Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. now to the pages of scripture as we read these words written so many years ago would you bring them to our modern ears our current life our world that we live in change us with them god would you teach us how to love better today we pray in the name of jesus amen and be saved so once again let me say welcome glad that you're here glad we get to spend this time together this morning uh, we do exist here at Faith Christian for one reason, and that is to help people find and follow Jesus. And there's some way we can walk with you, take this journey with you as you take your next step as a follower of Jesus. We would love to journey with you on that. You can check out our website, fccnp.org, for more information about the church, about what it means to follow Jesus. But also there's a place that you can click this connect button right on the front page of the website and let us know how we can walk with you uh, on, on your next step of this journey of finding and following Jesus. I do want to mention to you just by way of announcement, uh, tonight at uh, 4.30, or this afternoon at 4.30, we are going to be decorating this building for Christmas, so that when you come in here next week, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, we are in full-blown Christmas mode, and we're, uh, we've got a lot of great things planned, and the decorating happens, uh, like I said, this afternoon, beginning at 4.30, and we would love some help. If you could be here for a couple of hours this afternoon and help us, uh, many hands may make light work, as I like to say, as we uh, put trees up and hang some lights and some other things. We've got some surprises going on. So uh, if you can come and help us tonight, uh, we would love to see you around 4.30 this afternoon. And we'll get started uh, decorating this place for Christmas and hope you can be there. And also go ahead and mark on your calendar for two weeks from today, December 5th, is our annual Christmas craft workshop. That's just one of our many Christmas, uh, extra Christmas activities we have coming up. Christmas craft workshop, that's December 5th. Uh, it's uh, 5.30 is a dinner, and then 6 o'clock the craft fair begins. And then, of course, there's Christmas Eve service. All these other things will be happening over the Christmas season uh, that we'll be telling you about as we uh, move, move on in the days and the weeks ahead as we get ready to celebrate uh, the incarnation, God putting on skin and becoming flesh and becoming one of us in the form of Jesus. And we'll celebrate that together all month long, uh, beginning even next week, and hope that you'll be here each Sunday and each of those uh, other special things for our Christmas season. Once again, I say to you, welcome home. That is our theme this fall. We have used this imagery, this, uh, this imagery of home, of coming home, of being welcomed home uh, to show us how God longs to have a relationship with us. We've spent some time talking about our own homes and the parenting especially and what that looks like in our modern world. Uh, this last couple of weeks, we've been using this metaphor of home as a picture of the church. And, why, and we've been talking about the church and why, what, why the church is and why, why we need to be a part of the church. And we've been, we're going to look this morning at some words that Paul uses because Paul, several times in the New Testament, when he talks about the church, the, the body of Christ, he uses a metaphor um, in several different spots referring to the church as a body. Let me just show you a couple of them real quick. Romans 12, Paul says, just as our bodies, I'm talking about your physical body, your arms and your legs and, and the rest of you, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body. That's how he's referring to the church as Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Just real quick, turn to the person next to you and say, you need me. Yeah, yeah, you've been wanting to say that for years. 
Especially if you're sitting next to somebody you're not married to. Hey, you need me. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, you need me. But no, no but, but, but we've got to do the rest of the story too. Go ahead and look at them and say, I need you too. I need you. We all, we need each other. That's Paul's point here in Romans chapter 12. He picks up the same metaphor, the exact same metaphor, same idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at this one. The human bar, the bart, the human body, he says, has many parts, also many barts apparently. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Again, this is the metaphor for the church. So it is, he says. So it is with the body of Christ. Now, when I say church, there are many things that come to your mind immediately. My guess is body is not one of them. When I say church, what do you think about? Well, a lot of people, when they hear the word church, they think of the building. I get that. We've used the, the, these terms interchangeably for, for nearly a century in, in our world. So when we hear the word church, we think building. Our church has the concrete floors and the really awkward lights. Now, some people, when they hear church, they think about a service. Oh, church was great today. We missed church today because we went to the game. You're, what do they mean? They're talking about a church service, a gathering like we're doing right now. But here's what Paul says. When, what Paul's saying is the church is not a building. The church is not a service. The church is the body of Christ. Listen to me. We, church, we are more than a building. We have a building. It's a great tool. We use it. We're going to decorate it for Christmas this afternoon. We have a building. We are more than a service. We participate in services every Sunday morning in this place. There's things that we do when we come together. But we are the body of Christ. And Paul wants us to understand is that now that Jesus is physically gone from this world, we're going to celebrate Jesus coming to the world all next month. But now that Jesus is physically gone from the world, the church is now the physical embodiment, the body of all that Jesus is. He goes on with this metaphor in 1 Corinthians 12. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I love the metaphor, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it, the foot, does that make it any less a part of the body? If the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Here's Paul's point. Not only is every part important, but every part is needed. In other words, church, not only is everybody important, but everybody is needed. Everybody is needed for the church, the body, to work properly. He goes on, verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Isn't that a little bit just overwhelming when you consider that God has put you the part of the body right where he wants you to be right when he wants you to be there how strange a body would be if it only had one part yes there are many parts but only one body the eye can never say to the hand I don't need you 
the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So don't miss that. Just because you don't know what your part of the body is doesn't mean you don't have one. Just because you don't know what your role in the body of Christ is doesn't mean you don't have one. Just because there are things you think you can't contribute doesn't mean you can't contribute something. Just because you think there are roles or jobs around this place that are beneath you doesn't mean that they are. Everyone is important, and everyone is needed if the body is going to work properly. I, lo I love this old quote. I, I, I don't remember who, who said it first, so I, I can't attribute anybody, but I love this line. Snowflakes are frail, but if enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. That's pretty good, isn't it? Think about that for a minute. Snowflakes are frail, but enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. I brought some toys with me today. I think I'm, I, I don't know of a better way to illustrate this verse. I, I, I think I've done this before, but um, when you do theater, you have weird things around your house, and, and I have weird things around my house. Um, and so here we go. This is kind of gross, I know. They're not real, don't worry. I didn't steal these from my kids. I, mean, I actually I did steal these from my kids. These are my daughters. Uh, they play with these. <laughs> don't ask. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of gross. It's kind of disgusting. Even if they're not real, they're still kind of gross and kind of disgusting. But I think this really helps us get our minds wrapped around this metaphor that Paul's using here in Romans and in 1 Corinthians 12. Here's what Paul is saying. This is disgusting. This is gross. And this isn't right. What if this leg were to say, I want to be my own leg. I want to do my own thing. I want to be independent. I don't want to be a part of the body. I want to be independent. I don't want to be connected. I don't want to be tied down. I don't want any commitments. You would say to this leg, yeah, you can't do that. It doesn't work that way, leg. Leg, you have to stay connected to the body in order to work. No, 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 leg says, I want to be separate. I want to be independent. I want to do it myself. No, 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 leg. No, no, leg, that's not the way your leg, that you work, leg. You are dependent upon the rest of the body for you to function. And the rest of the body needs you, leg, in order for it to function the way it needs to be. No, 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 I want to find my purpose on my own, says the leg. You would say, leg, that's ridiculous. Leg, stop being ridiculous. Here's the thing. Every time we say... I want to follow Jesus. I just want to do it on my own. We look like this. Every time we say, oh, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. We look like this. Every time you say, I, I believe in being spiritual. I just don't want to be a part of a local church. We look like this. Every time you say, yeah, yeah, we go to church when we can, but most of the time, you know, we're pretty busy. We got other stuff going on. We look like this. You know what Paul says, would say about that? He would say, ugh, that's disgusting. That's gross. You look like this, and that's not healthy at all. Would anybody look at these body parts and say, well, yeah, that, that looks healthy. The bone's only sticking out a little bit. That looks healthy, right? That's exactly the way it's supposed to be. No, 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 not a chance. We look at this and say, that's disgusting. 
the Bible reminds us that for the body to work properly, for the body to accomplish what it is made to accomplish, all the parts have to come together and work together because everybody is important and everybody is needed. And when we detach from the body of Christ and think that we can do it all on our own, this is exactly what we are doing. And this is kind of what it looks like. So, so how do we do this? Let's put these down here so nobody throws up. All right, how do we do this? Well, all fall long, we've been using this imagery of welcome home, this imagery of home to direct our teaching and kind of wrap our minds around these different conversations we've been having. So let me use that imagery one more time. And let me, let me ask you to view church like you would a house. Here's what I mean. The first part of the house, when you approach someone else's house, the first part of the house is the front door. And so there comes a moment when somebody walks into your house or you walk into someone else's house, you walk into the front door. And they, the person who's come into the house, they are the guest. And the guest is always the goal at the front door. Guests come first at the front door. You greet them at the front door. You welcome them into your home. They're at the front door. This is the point. You take their coat and hat. You offer them maybe something to drink. You say, I'm so glad to see you. Come in. You are welcome here. You are welcome in my home. Glad that you are here. You are welcome. You know what does not happen at the front door? Rules. Somebody comes to your house for the first time. You don't say, hey, glad you're here. Let me tell you the rules of the house. Uh, did you park in the driveway? Get your car out of my driveway. Put it in the street. Park in the neighbor's driveway. I don't care. Just don't park in my driveway. That's a rule here. Uh, take your shoes off. We don't wear shoes in this house. Just clean socks only. Take your hat off. We don't wear hats in the house. Uh, get your. Oh, by the way, we've got six dogs, and I know you're really, really allergic to dogs, but there are dogs, and this is my house, and we're going to keep the dogs uh, out because we don't lock them up, and they're going to sniff you and do other things to you, and they're all great Danes. We call them fluffy. Yeah, that that never happens at the front door, does it? Why doesn't that happen at the front door? Because at the front door, who comes first? The guest comes first at the front door. So think about church like this. The front door for a church is just the Sunday morning experience. It's what happens on a Sunday morning, especially like the first eight, nine, ten times somebody comes into this building. People show up for church, and everybody is a guest, and everyone is welcome, and we want you to feel welcome. Part of the reason that a lot of the people that you know that don't attend church is because they went to church once and they did not feel welcome. We want you to feel welcome here. That's why we do the kind of teaching we do. That's why we <clears throat> have weird props on Sunday morning at church. That's why we do the kids' ministry and student ministry the way that we do it. And we use humor and music, the, the kind of music we use and the program we do, because we want you to know you are welcome here. It's a front door kind of thing. Here's the problem. If all you do is stay here at the front door, you will eventually walk away and you'll say, mm, I didn't get anything out of it. There wasn't really anything there for me. Maybe it was too big. Maybe it was too small. It just wasn't for me. And if you stay at the front door, eventually you're going to leave. Think about how crazy it would be if I came over to your house and you greeted me at the front door of your house, and you welcome me, come on in, and I walked in the front door, and he said, come in, have a seat, and I said, no, 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 I'm good right here. And I just stood at your, right inside your front door for like two hours. And I just stood there. And when I left, I said, you know what? I did not feel very welcome. 
I did not feel like I was at home there. I didn't have anything to eat. They never offered me anything to drink. I didn't feel comfortable. It was just very, very, very awkward. Of course it was awkward because I never came in the front door. So let me challenge you. Those of you who have been around here just maybe a little while so far, let me challenge you. Move from the front door into the family room. That, that's, the, that's the next room in, our, in my metaphor. We move from the front door into the family room. Think about the family room. The family room at your house or living room, whatever you call it at your house, that's the place where you relax. It's where you kick up your feet, take your shoes off. You watch a game, you eat some snacks, you drink some sweet tea, you talk and you laugh, you do a puzzle, you, you play a game with your kids, you turn on the video game, whatever it is. The, the kind of family room environment or community is where relationships begin to happen. That's where you begin to really connect with your family. It's also where, where you begin to find a connection with other people is when you're a little more comfortable, you're a little more in, if you will. Around here, and as you use the church metaphor, around here, that might be like, a, like this wonderful group of ladies that meets here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 and does a Bible study together. And they're connecting, not just with the Bible study and the video they're watching, they're connecting with one another. They're building relationships with one another. It might be a, a Sunday night group, our youth group, our, our, our faith student group that meets on Sunday night, a group of people who participate on the praise team together. They come early before Sunday morning. They have a connection. They're building relationships with each other. This group of folks that sits back in this booth, I can't get them to stop talking sometimes because they have built relationships with each other. We need to press play on the thing and get the service started. They're having a great time. Why? Because they built relationships together, serving together. They're building relationships together that's what that looks like the family room it's where connections begin to happen where relationships are built and developed those are places for you to build some community with some other people yes it is difficult for you to know i don't know there's probably like 200 people that go to church here right now it's difficult for you to know 200 different people but you can know 10 you can know 20 and you can know them really well we want you to get into some kind of environment around here where you can build and nurture and grow some relationships. But as great as the family room is, there's another room in the house, and unless you move there, you're going to get stuck in the family room, and you're going to ruin it for yourself or ruin it for somebody else, or you're just going to walk away from it and leave it. In the third room, I want to challenge everybody, no matter how long you've been around here, I want to challenge everybody to move from the family room to the kitchen. Think about the kitchen in your house for a minute. I think the kitchen is the most powerful room in your home. This is where great friendships happen. This is where we do family stuff. This is where we really build relationships with other people. Think about the conversations you've had with your kids in the kitchen. They come home from school, they need a snack, they talk about their day that happens in the kitchen. They come home late at night, they have a snack, you, you talk about their date or their night out with the time they spent with their friends. Think about the conversations you've had with your spouse while you're unloading the dishwasher or setting the table or cooking the family meal together. In fact, what I've noticed about the kitchen, the kitchen is the place where you serve your family. You, you serve your family, whether you're making lunches for the next day or you're making breakfast or dinner for that night, a meal you're about to enjoy. The kitchen is where you serve your family, but the kitchen is also the place where you serve your neighborhood. This is the place where you bake the cookies that you're going to take to your neighbors at Christmas time. This is the place where you make that meal for your neighbor whose husband is in the hospital. 
This is a place where you prepare stuff for somebody else or invite someone else to come over to share your life with them there in your kitchen. And I could even go so far as to say this. The health of your home is determined by the health of your kitchen because that's where real life happens. I think the same thing is true of the church. There is, I mean, we have a real kitchen, but there's a metaphorical kitchen in the church. And it's when people decide, I'm in. I'm in. I'm committed to this body because everybody's important and everybody's needed. And I'm committed to be a part of this body. And I'm committed to the success of this body. I'm committed to making sure that this body realizes its goal, its mission of helping people find and follow Jesus. It's where you decide, I'm going to be a part of something that is bigger than just me. And it's kitchen people. It's kitchen people who make this place work. Whether you consider yourself a teacher, a leader, an artist, a facilitator, a member, a leader, whatever it is, if you are a part of this place, if you are a part of the kitchen, you are who makes this place work. And as much as a church has to have a great front door, and as much as a church has to have a great family room, a church has to have a great kitchen. Because the health of a church is, depend, is determined by the health of the kitchen. And I would even go so far as to say this. The health of you, your spiritual health, is determined by how well you serve in and find your part in that metaphorical kitchen. Let me wrap this all up today by talking to two groups of people real quick. First, let me talk to those of you who are not yet followers of Jesus. If you've not yet made that step of following Jesus, listen to me. You will spend your whole life looking for a place where you connect, where you fit in. You will spend your whole life looking for a place where you found your role, your purpose in life. And maybe right now you find yourself staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night wondering, why am I even here? What am I doing? What does all of this mean? Why, why do I even exist? Listen to me. You will never discover any of that until you connect with the body of Christ. That's why you were created. That's why you were made. That's the purpose that God has for you. And you have more than a purpose. You have a role. You have a part. And if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to take your next step and join the body of Christ. I'm going to ask you to take your next step and become a follower of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to take your next step and be baptized. Because Paul says that when we are baptized into Christ, we are a part of the body. That's what you're looking for. And I would love to talk to you about how that can happen in your life. Click that connect button on the front page of the website. Talk to me before you leave this service today. Email me if you're watching online. We would love to talk to you about how you can connect to the body of Christ and be baptized. The second group I want to talk to are those of you who have already decided to be followers of Jesus. But for some reason, for some reason, you're not quite connected to the body of Christ. Well, we can blame busyness and we can blame COVID. We can blame the way the world's turned upside down. We, there's a lot of, we, we, we can come up with a lot of excuses for why. 
But I want to talk to you for those of you who are not, who, who, you do follow Jesus, but you're not yet connected to the body of Christ. Listen to me. You were not saved to as an individual to be an individual for the rest of your life. You were saved as, as an individual. You personally were saved to be grafted into the body of Christ because everybody's important and everybody's needed. And when you disconnect from the church, from the body of Christ, you are missing something. There is a longing inside of your life and your heart and your soul that is not being satisfied because you are disconnected. And when you decide to disconnect from the body of Christ, when you decide to disconnect, we are missing something. Because we need you here because everybody's important and everybody's needed. We need your unique giftedness. We need your unique abilities, your unique personality. We need each other because we are stronger together than we are alone. And when we are alone, by the way, we look like this. And for those of you who think, who still think, well, I can be a Christian on my own. Paul would say that's disgusting. And that's not at all what God has called you to be. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to move from the front door into the family room. Start letting yourself be known. Start getting to know others around here. Start building and cultivating relationships. And then, then move from the family room to the kitchen. I'm asking you to fully connect around here to find your place of service in and through the church, to decide that you are committed to the success of this church and all the different parts that make up this body. Let me say it like this. I've said it like this before. I love this. But my challenge for you today is to make Faith Christian your church, not just the church you go to. Do you hear the difference? Make it your church. Become a part of what's going on here because everybody's important and everybody is needed. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for the church, this body of Jesus that you left for us very intentionally for us to have a place to connect so that we can become all that you would have us to be. A place to, to, to learn to lean on and depend on each other a place to push back our own selfishness and our own in, independence in order to be generous, in order to care for and to be cared by other people. Father, remind us again and again that everybody is important. And so teach us, give us the guts and the courage and the commitment to remain a part of and to be a part of your body. God, as we come now to a time of communion, as we consider the cross, we consider the body, the blood of Jesus. And Father, we're overwhelmed that we, the church, have the responsibility to continue to be the body of Christ in our world. Take these common emblems, this bread, this cup, turn them into something supernatural, something amazing as we share together the body and the blood of Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus.